Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to the special 2020 series ending uh, Doctor Who special episode. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And we're looking at the two-part season finale, Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children. So, we got a... Two episodes to synopsize here. I just made that word up. Following the coordinates obtained from Percy Shelley, the Doctor and the gang arrive on a planet in the far future where there are seven remaining humans. She has them set up defenses against the Cybermen that fail. The Cybermen are led by the lone Cyberman, who is a nutcase who wanted to be a Cyberman but got rejected as inferior. Isn't that how Hitler got his start? The team is split, with Graham, Yaz, and some humans escaping in a rickety old spaceship, while the Doctor, Ryan, and some humans steal a cybership. They all make their way to a planet which is home to the legendary Boundary, a mysterious gateway for escape to some random part of the universe. Along the way, Graham's team capture a cyber carrier complete with a lot of dormant Cybermen. The Doctor in the faster cybership gets there first and inspects the Boundary, which shows Gallifrey behind it and belches forth the Master. Oh, and there was some stuff with a guy who was a policeman, but he died, but he actually didn't somewhere. End of part one. Part two. The master forces the doctor to go to Gallifrey. He imprisons her in the Matrix while at the same time inviting the Cybermen to come through and visit. Incidentally, Graham's team escaped from the Cybermen. The master shows the doctor a story about the origin of the Time Lords. One of their early explorers discovered an immortal child and adopted it, returning to Gallifrey. The child was immortal because it could regenerate. The power of regeneration was copied from the child, and the Time Lords were created, limited as they were to only twelve regenerations, unlike the child. The child was the Doctor, who apparently is erased, forced back to childhood, and starts all over again once in a while. The purpose? To save the universe while allowing Gallifrey to maintain a policy of non-intervention? The Master is mad because the Doctor really is special, and he owes his existence to her. So, being nuts, he's saved all the Time Lord bodies, and he's converting them to a new race of immortal Cyber Time Lords. Oh, and somewhere along the line he dispensed with the lone Cyberman with no difficulty whatsoever. Most of the Matrix has been redacted, so the Doctor's story is still a mystery we'll probably have to suffer with as long as Chibnall is calling all the shots before it's forgotten like a bad shower sequence in Dallas. The Doctor escapes by blowing up the Matrix. That would be the Matrix that contains all the memories of all Time Lords, past and present, throughout all time. The Doctor blows that Matrix up by and I'm not making this up, remembering everything she's done in an ordinary Time Lord lifespan. Anyway, having killed the lone Cyberman, the Master took the Siberian into himself and confronted with the possibility of an immortal cyber race with the ability to regenerate, the Doctor has the humans blow up the Cybership, killing all the Cybermen. 
The doctor sends her friends home in a TARDIS and then goes to detonate a bomb which contains the death particle, a spurious non-sequitur devised by the Siberium to destroy all organic life in the universe. Detonating this bomb will destroy the Master, the Cyber Time Lords, the spare bodies in the refrigerator, and all organic material on Gallifrey. Of course, she can't do it, so one of the human characters who turns out at the last possible moment to be one of the idiots who thought sending the Siberium back in time was a good idea blows up the bomb instead and the Doctor escapes in another TARDIS. Retrieving her own TARDIS and then being captured and imprisoned forever by the Jadoon in a prison that wouldn't keep River Song secure on a Friday night. The end. Oh, and no spoilers here, but both the cliffhanger and our Christmas New Year season has been ruined already by the title of the next <laughs> episode. Now, I'm going to I'm going to preface this right off the bat for this discussion. Uh, I did a Fusion Reaction live episode Sunday morning before the Doctor Who episode aired, and I said something that turned out to be a lie. I said that I was going to go watch Ascension of the Cybermen again before I watched the Timeless Children. And as it happens, I couldn't watch it again. So I watched The Timeless Children. And then after that, I just could not be bothered to watch both of them because, oh, I got it so long. And so <laughs> I, uh, I am on this, on this totally cold, uh, having watched them once without taking notes during the course of the episodes. And I made a conscious effort not to write notes down because I didn't want to be the guy, although I am that guy, I didn't want to be the guy that just spent hours documenting stupid, stupid things in a tediously boring episode. Now, I may have already come down on where I stand on this. I understand there are people who like it. Perhaps you liked it. I'll put it out there. I still wrote down some things, but <laughs> because I, I woke up in the middle of the night needing to write down some things that were causing me not to sleep well. So how did you like this episode, Simon? Both of the episodes as a total thing. As a total thing? Hmm. The, the problem for me is that the Timeless Children is so is so deeply flawed that <laughs> any enjoyment I had of the Ascension of the Cybermen isn't going to outweigh it when you take them as a as a unit. And i got to say, I enjoyed the Ascension of the Cybermen, as I often do. The build-up episodes entertain me because they are quite, in some sense, they are quite low stakes. It's build-up, build-up, build-up. You don't have to have a resolution that's inevitably disappointing, even though actually having the Master appear, I somehow found disappointing. A lot of the stuff in that episode was nice world building and and there were you know the 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 fun kind of little fan service things like the super duper new old retro cybermen and all of that kind of um post cyber war stuff was quite entertaining but then the timeless ch children didn't really do it for me. Okay, well, I guess we're we're roughly perhaps on the same page. Now, I will say I also enjoyed the Ascension of the Cybermen, having watched it once. I I had like two moments that bugged the heck out of me. One was the cyber drones, which is just a, a dumb idea, and uh, it is. But on the other hand, you can understand it, and it doesn't spoil the episode. It's just like that. Here's the Doctor if, Who marketing department saying. 
hey guys, we need to sell some of these. Can you stick them in somewhere? Okay, moment's over. I, I suppose, I suppose it does kind of come back to a question that's raised in the t- uh, Timeless Children about, you know, w- what happens to the Cybermen when we go without organic? Are those cyber heads, heads in there, sans body now? <laughs> or yeah, are they the just made in the shape? I mean, the pro- so one of the, one of the, many problems of the timeless children and that there's no way we're going to have time to go into all of them but um the whole death particle thing is the only reason that even talking about having organic sorry completely non-organic cybermen which as the master correctly points it's like they've got Ch- chibnall's looked at the looked at the scene he's just written and gone you know he's pulled this death particle out because he's got to have some way of resolving the story and that's what he's come up with and obviously it's going to kill all the cybermen so oh that's no good so um oh what the hell i'll just make them into robots but being robots is just a bit boring anyone could turn themselves into a robot never mind we'll just have the master say it and then that makes it okay are you ever going to watch this episode again i have a i have a thought i I probably i haven't done it am but I, 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 I've got to say, like you, I was, I was, I was planning to watch the two episodes back to back so I could watch the whole thing as a thing, and partly time defeated me. But partly, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I did this for Spyfall, and I found that a bit of a slog, and I think I only managed it with the kind of, st- the kind of start of the series enthusiasm that I had, which is. <laughs> Slowly been beaten out of me. I, I mean, there were episodes in this season that I liked, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd somehow had that that energy zapped from me that the thought of watching this whole thing again just was too much. I, I watched the the Doctor defeating the Matrix se- sequence yep. several times, including in I tried slow to frame motion. through it. Yep, yep, I but, tried that. Uh, yep. Apart from that, the rest of it, no. I so here's what I'm going to suggest to you or to any listener out there who is who watches this again. Imagine every line by the master spoken by Chris Chibnall. In fact, I want to see somebody doing a deep fake and put Chris Chibnall in that spot because <laughs> I feel like this script is a metaphor for what he is doing to Doctor Who. And <clears throat> Picture his scenes where he's talking about, I've shown you this stuff and now I've broken you. I've beaten you. I've And the doctor <laughs> says, and pardon my sense, so f-ing what? You didn't beat me? What? Huh? <laughs> Doesn't change who I am. <laughs> like, See, I mean, and, it, and then he's like, but it did. It did. I'm, I'm going to be you. I'm going to destroy you. I am going to do it. No. Okay. Well, I, that's I how mean, I feel about I think- it. <laughs> I, I think that, I think there's an. I I really really don't want to impugn Chibnall's motivations. I mean, I think he's a fine writer. He just has written a not very good episode, not for the first time. And I definitely think he loves the show and has loved it for a long time. But oh, there well, are, I think the master the, loves the Doctor too in a mad sort of insane yes. way. Well, yeah. Well, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, love is a is a strange thing, um, and. It's certainly the case that characters in this episode try and explain what what our relationship should be with the changes that are 
being made, as in, you know, rewriting the Doctor's history. Uh, but, um, you know, the Joe Martin Doctor was popping up to say what Chibnall wants to say to us about how, you know, it doesn't actually change the character, yada, yada, yada. I think in a way you're right about... But it would be interesting to have the master just the the fact of the matter is the way that and it's probably the biggest problem with the timeless children because there's nothing in it that I particularly hate. It is purely that it's a really really badly structured episode in terms of giving you any kind of dramatic tension or a reason to care about anything that's going on. And the biggest reason for that is because it is mostly just the master explaining stuff twice yeah exactly and the, and this 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 <laughs> in two different places at once <laughs> yeah so th- so this is why he is a he is a he's a proxy he's a proxy and that two different things at once it is like you need the master to do all of the exposition but the master is already engaged somewhere else in the plot including be, at one point being possessed by the siberian which you think is probably something that is going to take over your entire consciousness, at least temporarily. But no, doesn't. No, he's still half in the Matrix. And the half that's in the Matrix isn't even batting a virtual eyelid. So, mm. Yes. <laughs> I was like, it, it, it just, I, I feel him talking. And, I'm, and I wasn't actually in trying to put um, malicious intent there. The master, yes, but... This is this is that sort of if you you know you give a knife to a surgeon and you give your knife and you give a knife to a plumber uh you know who do you want cutting open another human being and it's the surgeon not the plumber and i think this is the case of the plumber's been handed a knife and and then he's trying to justify it and and like I said, it just it felt like a matter. I mean, for crying out loud, the well, big but, empty meta, the big empty matrix, right? When he hits the point where it's all erased, he's like, it's it's an on your head metaphor for here is now the mystery I have created for Doctor Who so that it can be filled in again. I have created a new empty canvas to work upon. <laughs> like it just his so... okay okay his his his. I'm quite interested in what what he what he thought he was doing and i and you you may you may have the explanation there because i think there is a a parallel this is the chibnall master plan mm. the i know i know and and the interesting thing is how much praise and joy the this episode and this series is filling uh some fans with who's you know including a number of commentators whose opinion i respect but it's interesting that it isn't doing it for me. And I think that's partly just Doctor Who. It's like, I I like the Andrew Cartmel era. You don't like the Andrew Cartmel era. That's, you know, that's Doctor yes. Who fans. You pick anything, right. there'll be someone who likes it. And so, and so you know, with the, with the Cartmel master plan, I really I really admired the, the, the direction that Cartmel took the show in. And I also admired the fact that in... In doing that, he had a a coherent plan for where he was going with it, even if I didn't admire the coherent plan itself because it was silly. Um, and in a way, I I would like to admire Chibnall for 
coming at this with a coherent plan and obviously we haven't got all of the answers in this there is there is some more to go here but i was sitting there thinking i really don't understand what exactly it is that he's trying to say with any of this i liked some of the ideas he had i really thought some of them were extremely pointless to be kind and and i i, I couldn't quite figure it out because does it really create a mystery? Do you think it may? I, I mean, I like... Well, only if the doctor then pursues it. Well, now I have to find out where I came from. See? Well, and maybe. Then, yeah. But, and, the, and but, so... the, but the, problem that, the problem that Cartmel was, was dealing with was that all of, this, all of this kind of stuff with the, you know, all the Time Lords and the Time Lords turning out to be these kind of um, arrogant, pompous... Um, Supercilious. Ve yeah. Venal, politic politicking... Uh, ge and ge just generally kind of bureaucratic and up themselves and awful. It's a fair criticism, I think. A lot of the Gallifrey stuff is is pretty kind of yeah. So it, so you think oh, when when weren't the days when it was just when it was just the Doctor in a police box wandering around the universe ha having these adventures? Great without this whole kind of backstory. Maybe we could do that again. And we, so we've had various situations where they've tried to address these things. The you know the Cartmel master plan might have been one of them. There's obviously the whole kind of um, you know addressing it by destroying Gallifrey. Well, Russell T Davis did this when he just said there was a time war and the Time Lords were wiped out. He actually was onto something with that because mm -hmm. then you could. What he realised was that the way to deal with the Time Lords and Gallifrey and all that kind of baggage was not to talk about it. Stick a line in here or there to... And the trap he fell into, of course, was by the, by the time he left the show and did the end of time, was he was... That was where he was going with it. And it's like Chibnall doesn't seem to... Doesn't seem to figure that the, the, if what he's after is to is to shed this baggage. What he should do is exactly what he did with the last season, which is have a bunch of stories that are about the Doctor and her new chums and aren't connected with all of the kind of 50x years of bump. Whereas this season, he just seems to have got mired in all of this. Yeah. And, and, and for everything that he's fixed, he's created a new problem. So you say you don't feel he has a coherent plan, and I will I will go so far as to say that that is one of the things that I think stood he has out a coherent plan. I don't. I don't think he has. I don't think he has a coherent. No, he does not have a coherent plan, and I can demonstrate why he what, doesn't. What, have I'm, a coherent what I'm saying plan. is, I think he's got a goal. I think he's got a goal. I just I can't okay, goal quite is not figure out what it is. Coherent plan, and I'm not sure he had exactly a goal, and I will and I will tell you why. Um, let's start with well. Uh, maybe I can forgive Spyfall for the whole, ah, I know a secret, but I'm going to not tell you for another 10 episodes or eight episodes because that's just clickbait. But if if I understand this correctly, what we saw on the screen, the doctor is this child that was picked up by a Shabogan. Um, yes. And can apparently regenerate an unknown number of times, perhaps infinitely. Yes. The Time Lords stole genetic material and made themselves capable of regenerating and yes. made themselves into the Time Lords. And then the Division decided to send 
the timeless child out into the universe to do good works while Gallifrey does not. Okay? So far, so with me? Am I on plan with that? And then at some point, they take the doctor back in, wipe the doctor's memory, regress the doctor to a child. In this case, they regress the doctor to a child, young William Hartnell. Uh, Young William Hartnell grows up with the master and the Rani and Barusa Galfrey and then goes off and then one day decides to steal a TARDIS uh, with his granddaughter, who he has procreated with, uh, or not procreated with. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, my bad there. That was the wrong choice of the word. He has procreated yeah, that, children who have then produced a grandchild, and he has... Uh, he has I was worried about this the Glover defective, master plan there. He's, this, he's stolen a defective TARDIS. He's traveled around the universe for a while then he lands up in totter's lane where the chameleon circuit gets stuck like a police box and then goes on his adventures becoming the hero that we know now where that problem fails is that if dr joe is a pre-hartnell doctor which she why is her tardis a police box yeah no we've said she 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 can't be a a pre a pre-hartnell but she has to be based on the way this is laid out. That that well, has I'm, to be I'm what still not, I'm still not sure about that because because obviously I think the, the the Joe Martin thing hasn't been resolved in this episode and didn't didn't it, make any sense. Could have been just as good as if they had, uh, you know, uh, Paul McGann substituting there in the in the Matrix. Um, yeah, it it. If, there's, if there's, there's they are still, specifically stating that they are regressing her to a child, she was regressed to a child. She grew up yes. with a master. The master confirms that. She confirms that. Yes. That part of her life, and the master must know that because his life is, uh, you know, commensurate as opposed to being an infinite time. The Joe Doctor has to be one of the prior regression doctors has to be it's just that they didn't think about that when they put the TARDIS together because they didn't have a coherent plan they just threw that out there and said okay first off let's have a doctor we don't know anything about that that'll add some mystery to it and then we'll explain don't worry I'll figure it out later they should have they should have done anything but make that TARDIS look like a police box if anybody else had shown up with a TARDIS and she said I'm the doctor no you're not the doctor whoa wait you are the doctor then that would have been a proper mystery but this says that nobody was planning this out. They were just pulling it out of their Siberian death particle cavity and and going. And except I, we don't know where the Joe Martin Doctor fits. Neither do and they. And it seems likely it that the Joe Martin Doctor is going to appear in the next episode because the next episode is obviously a sequel to Fugitive of the Jadoon. Do you you think? I mean, I may be wrong, but the Joe Martin Doctor, I'm, I'm certain the Joe Martin Doctor is going to come back and there is going to be some sort of an explanation of that part of it. Also, the- if if Gallifrey is dead and gone and dead and gone again and again and again, and, and this was to get rid of the Time Lords, but we know that the Doctor can bump into the Joe Martin Doctor and the Joe Martin Doctor is running around with Gallifreyans, then the Gallifreyans yes. will never, ever be truly gone. No, it doesn't matter whether quite- you organically wipe them out or not. <laughs> That which was quite weird in itself, and and it seemed to me at the time in need of an explanation. So I don't know whether we are going to get that explanation yeah. or not, because one of the things that always seems to get ignored is the way in which time travel 
must could, work. Could, yeah. re- could resolve some things and then it's just <laughs> it, it's just ignored if it would be inconvenient because you have to resolve them. I mean, this is this is the thing I don't really understand. Is 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 Chibnall does he does he feel he needs to fix all of this backstory to Doctor Who because somehow it's bugging? It seems to me that. If you watch this without knowing all of the kind of say say you started watching this at the beginning of the Jodie Whittaker Doctor, then all of this means nothing to you. Does anyone watching it care? Yeah, um, and the answer is no. I mean, obviously yeah. Chibnall yes. Chibnall is a proper nerdy fan. He's been a fan for years and years. Maybe he deeply cares about some of these kind of historical inconsistencies, but for the structural reasons we talked about in the episode what he hasn't actually managed to do is turn them into something that i can imagine the casual audience really engaging with because there's no obvious reason why it should matter to the doctor what what happened to her before she could remember being william hartnell essentially um someone very astutely pointed out that the the doctor is one of the most in the moment characters on tv so this whole idea of caring about your history is a bit of a nonsense it certainly doesn't seem clear why the master cares about it so much so we're getting told a lot of stuff and and yet not even getting any clues as to why it affects the characters that we're trying to care about as much as we're told it does and yet we're also told that it doesn't i mean the master is back practically begging the doctor to be broken when he tells her this news i mean he's 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 like, ah, I've done it. I've broken you. No, I've broken you. No, yeah. but but I've broken you. No. And then the doctor is feeling a little, maybe a little broken. And then Joe, Dr. Joe comes up and Dr. Ruth comes up and says, nah, so what? Oh yeah, good point. All right, fine, whatever. Yeah, but, but that, that's <laughs> because we don't care about us in the first place. There's a, there's a, there's, I mean, there are a number of uh, good right. comments made by Andrew Allard about this one, but the one um, in particular that I thought, relevant to this was that because the actual the history of regeneration bit is one of the elements of this that i found quite you know i there was something neat about it i quite liked the ideas in it but it's still structurally problematic in terms of the episode because what he was suggesting was if if you had had some other third party who you know the the time lords who are often a bit of a a naughty bunch of people had been experimenting on their DNA and or something, and the doctor met them, and and they feared her because she's a time lord, and the time you know the time lords had been experimenting on their DNA or whatever, and then they had you know had this reveal about the fact that well, no, the time lords have been experimenting on her DNA, and that there's something dramatic to a story like that, whereas just having a couple of time lords talking to each other about the distant history of regeneration is, as he puts it, basically just gossip. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to care about it. Because and it's it could all be fake. Ancient calendar. Well, that's, you see, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that I was watching this episode and I was absolutely 100% certain, as the master was saying, don't you get it yet, your doctor? You're the timeless child. That the master was the timeless child. Because... Everything the Doctor knows about the Timeless Child, she is being shown by stuff that the Master has discovered, including all of the Division stuff, because all of that, you know, Brendan and the Garda is beamed into her mind 
by the master. So it's all coming from the master. So I thought we were going to get a twist at the end where it's actually, oh, no, the timeless child isn't the doctor. It's the master, which to me would kind of make some sort of sense because the history of abuse would have given some kind of meaning to why the master is quite so unhinged. It would also give a reason why he destroyed Gallifrey, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It would, you lied it would, to it me about been, the doctor. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> there, would have been, there would have been a kind of, yeah, there would have been a dramatic um, resolution, at least, to the way that every, every Yeah, I'm everything you know is a it's lie, not the case. it's not. Well, I'm, st- I'm still not certain it's the case, but... Well, and as uh, the Master said, everything you know is a lie. Well, it's not actually because the history of the Time Lords is still relatively the same, except for we don't it even is. know how they were first got the power to regenerate. So the fact that you omitted a detail that a person had it and you transferred it to the others yeah. doesn't really change the history of the Time Lords. And the, a secret organization known as the Division, which is run by someone who wears the Valyard's clothes... Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Good, In that scene where she's talking to the boy saying, you understand all this? It's wearing the Valyard's outfit. Okay, that could be a pointer to something coming down the line. But um, I agree with you. It, the, the, whole, the whole general way this thing was sold, that it was a big deal, is not a big deal. It's, it all actually seems somewhat inconsequential. It's just it's just trying to shoehorn in an extra that empty cloud of the matrix so they can write in more history. Well or give the doctor something to worry about. It's like I used to think I was yeah. from Gallifrey, but now I don't know. So I guess I am not gonna spend well, the rest of my life doing what I've been doing for the last two thousand years. I've gotta go wonder about this now. Yeah, I, well no. yeah, except I hope she you know, I hope Doesn't. she does I I would I'm quite happy with the idea that suddenly the you know, the doctor discovers that she's an orphan and not actually from Gallifrey in the first place. As long as and why as timeless as, children? As as just, you set that up as a. This is just a. a well, I, I I'm still wondering about. It. I think the the intention might be that everyone's going on about how Chibnall has now canonized all these kind of additional doctors, and it's it's the idea that there are now all these additional incarnations. I don't like that because I think the Doctor is the Doctor. In a, in a way, the only thing I've got to celebrate here is that we can stop flipping well saying it's the thirteenth Doctor or whatever, which you is still wrong. can't. They will, but it's, it's not wrong because that's what the first will Doctor. Do. She's the only Doctor, but yeah, the well, yes, I know people will except that you that, can't differentiate it. them <laughs> in their own timeline. So, but that's but that but you don't need to, to differentiate them in their own time. That that is the whole point. It is it is the same character, which is called to... thirteen prime. So, <sighs> you know, Matt Smith is eleven prime, and and Joe Martin will be. And I'm thinking and Joe Martin is John probably thirteen uh, subprime one. I think she's probably the last one before the transfer to Hartnell. Oh, that's that's my guess. Well, because because. She's being chased by Gallifrey. She wants to avoid it. So Gallifrey captures her, takes her back, wipes her memory, puts her into the Hartnell run. That seems like the logical logical progression for that character. But anyway. Could could be. Uh, I mean, honestly. I, and I will agree with care. you. The master makes per- much more sense. But you know what also makes more sense? If it's both the master and the doctor. What? You mean that they're the same character? No. That they're both <laughs> timeless children. No. 
They were both the time. But there was only one child. According to the master. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I'm with that. According to an unreliable crazy narrator. (laughs) At one point, I did did wonder if he was going to go for the master is a previously now forgotten set of regenerations of the doctor. um, Here's another one that's... Would have been interesting. Here's another one that's going to just irritate the hell out of people. It irritates me. You know the guy at the end who I didn't even bother to memorize his name that blew himself up? Maybe he was the doctor too. In fact, maybe everyone we ever meet is actually the doctor. Well, I guess. Maybe the doctor is everyone. (laughs) We filled up the universe with chameleon arch doctors. They're all over the place. (laughs) It's it's like, it actually kind of felt like that when he ran in. Run, doctor. As if he knew. It it just. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, man, you've just. No, no, Captain Jack. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. No apparent I'm, reason I'm, for Captain I'm Jack sure we, to I'm be sure involved getting, in that I'm, warning. I'm sure we're getting more more Captain Jack at some point. I think I think Captain Jack should have been involved in the kind of resistance story. I mean, here, here's another problem with this two-parter. This is not a two-parter. It's, it's actually two, <laughs> two separate stories, basically. You've got the, this, this whole thing about the lone Cybermen... So the lone Cyberman, I should say, who wasn't ever really that alone because he seemed to have some other cyber henchmen, but whatever. And you've I, got you've got that nice that nice kind of I'm assuming it's sort of twenty sixth, twenty seventh century post cyber war. You know, human race is on its absolute uppers, and there are the there are these kind of resistance groups and they've done this clever thing of sending the Siberian back through time and Jack is somehow involved with that and all that's quite intriguing and everything. And like I say, I was quite enjoying that story. Then you've got this separate thing about the the doctor's early history and the connected with the destruction of Gallifrey, which is still a bad idea, but all right, whatever. Uh, all of that being explained to my and the problem is the Cybermen story crashes into that story, but the Cybermen don't have anything to do. As you say, you know, the the lone Cyberman gets pointlessly defeated by the Master in an instant, and the the role of the Cybermen, which demonstrates the Cybermen are not a threat. Yeah, the role of the Cybermen is instantly reduced to just basically the Master's henchmen again, which you know has happened. We we seem to have had quite a lot of master and cybermen stories over the past few years i just want to throw in here so too are the cyber time lords because if that tissue compression eliminator would work on them uh, i don't think regeneration will fix that problem so i don't understand i don't understand why the tissue compression eliminator worked on the non-organic parts that aren't tissue but it always worked on clothes too so well they could be organic they could have been organic. It, it, what we should have seen is, is people disappearing inside their acrylic jumpers or whatever because it wouldn't work on anything yeah. and made I, of artificial fiber. Our Cybermen, I mean, we have the plot where he talks about turning the Cybermen into robots, which, as you rightly point out, uh, doesn't make any sense. But really is the fact that the the human bits inside humanoid bits inside the armor able to rebuild itself. Is that really how you destroy a Cyberman? It's like, Oh, you know, it doesn't matter what we do to their armor or their head or anything like that. But as long as that those bits inside can regenerate, they'll 
they'll regenerate into Cybermen and so they'll be invulnerable, except if they regenerate and there's only bits of Gallifreyans left, wouldn't they regenerate into a whole Gallifreyan? I, I, new, I, uh, just set, <clears throat> set, set all that aside and I still what, think right. you've got I still think you've got a fundamental problem with these cyber time lords which is that essentially it, the the reason robotic cybermen aren't interesting is because the thing that makes cybermen special and scary and all the rest of it is that they are augmented humans who have added added all of these cyber bits to themselves but they are still they are still organic in you know in in brain they're just they've they've taken out the they've they've worked they've worked on their brains to take out all of the emotional parts and everything and they have made themselves into machine-like things a machine is already a machine-like thing there's nothing interesting about that one of the reasons why an organic life form might do this to themselves i would have thought is yeah partly there is this thing about conquest and all of that but really that's that's the Daleks bag in Doctor Who. The the kind of the more interesting thing about it, if you think about why why these people did this in the first place, is because it allows them not their race, but them as individuals to survive where they weren't able to before. And in, in a way, what it's giving them is immortality because they are able to replace the parts that wither and die of an organic being with artificial replacements. And if those artificial replacements get damaged or whatever, they can replace those. And presumably there are organic elements that are, that are still in there. They're, they're essentially so protected and armoured or whatever that they are invulnerable. So what the Cybermen represent, in effect, is some form of immortality already and therefore giving them the immortality that regeneration is supposed to confer on them is completely meaningless i mean regeneration <laughs> is another form of immortality it's interesting because it changes all sorts of things you know your whole um, physiology is is changed and your personality is changed but that doesn't apply if you're regenerating inside us <laughs> A cyber suit. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so it's I mean, not only does it not make sense, but it doesn't have any it doesn't have any real additional threat. It's like suddenly these these cyber armies are supposed to be this threat that's worse than a, than the existing cyber armies, but they're not. They've just got the stupid collars. I guess they do have the stupid collars. Uh well the other thing that that I mean the, what I what we are shown is that you take a Cyberman, you shoot him, and he's dead. You take a Cyber uh, Time Lord, you shoot him, and he's dead, and then he gets back up again. So weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. He's That's supposedly the advantage being conveyed by the Time Lords. But if these are Time Lords, if these are Time Lord bodies, let's start with they all only have 12 regenerations. And what happens if you blow them up with a bomb? So they're not that much more resilient. They're not, and than, and, and it's not and that much bigger an advantage. Yeah. If your if you if your Cyberman gets if your Cyberman is down and damaged or whatever, 
then I guess you take that Cyberman back to the Cyber Factory, and you know either either the the orga- there's enough organic elements surviving in there for you to be able to do a repair job, or I guess you can use it for spare parts, and you've got a new Cyberman. So from the point of view of having an army, the main advantage of your regeneration is it's quick repairing. And we've already had quick repairing in these kind of nano cyber nano mm-hmm. nonsense or whatever. So even that's not really new. Yep. No. <laughs> it, 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 I, I can't, you know, I can't it, see, I can't see why the Cybermen are in this sto- story. I honestly can't. I like, I liked the Cyberman story we we're having. It was fine, but if they'd wrapped it up in Ascension of the Cybermen, then they could have cut a good 25 minutes out of the timeless children <laughs> and just had it about, the 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 Gallifrey Shaboggan, um, yeah, Time Lord origin story, or of course, um, Regeneration Lord, as they would have been called back then, presumably. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and you know it's funny that that I, I know I've made this comment before. Dalek plans are stupid, right? They don't make any sense. They're they're just insanely overcomplicated to yep. ridiculous ends. So is every plan in this story the time lord's plan of creating the the doctor by wiping a person and sending them out there to do secret good works is a stupid plan the uh, the lone cyberman's plan is a stupid plan i'm going to turn them all into robots and then i'm going to destroy all organic life in the universe is a stupid plan the master's plan is a stupid plan <laughs> uh, chibnall's is a stupid plan it, it just there like, this is a, a litany of Dumb plans. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let me <laughs> let me just. So let's go back through the master's plan. I don't know what the master's plan is about. The, He's going to show the doctor the truth, and she's going to crumble. That's his I plan. I don't know what the master wants. <laughs> That's one of it. his two plans. We, I mean, we, we. I was almost. I'll be honest. When 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 the master turned up in at the end of the ascension of the Cybermen, before any of this episode happened, I was not filled with eager anticipation shall we say there were moments in spyfall where i thought "Mm, this could be this could be quite an interesting incarnation of the master Mm. it didn't feel like this is an interesting incarnation back in spyfall there was some kind of plan of some sort in this i had no idea what the master's plan was he was just back to being completely deranged deranged yeah which is, is not you know there's there's potential for that to be interesting. It doesn't seem to me that is the most interesting aspect of the master. And if you don't understand why it is the case, and the master keeps saying that you made me, you made me what I am. But I don't even understand. I, I felt like that could be spelled out because obviously, over the history of Doctor Who, we've had various explanations of um, how the master came to be, how he is, and the you know the Doctor's early friendship with the master and um Chibnall is obviously paying some attention to the what they call the extended universe i.e the other doctor who um stories in books and audios and things like this but given that it, it's helpful when you're telling a story like this to kind of reiterate exactly what you mean it wouldn't have hurt in my opinion to explain exactly what 
the master feels the doctor has turned himself into and how. I just didn't understand that. So if you're playing Deranged Master, you need to know. Yeah. I thought some of it had to do with the fact that he wouldn't be, the Time Lords wouldn't be what they are without the Doctor's regeneration So it's just because he's a Time Lord. But then that is not like most Time Lords are as barking as the Master. Although, to be honest, most of the ones in the TV show are. But anyway, (laughs) that's because we don't get to see the Time Lords that sort of work in offices and clean people's phones and things. But hey-ho. Yeah, the master's plan I don't get. the The lone Cyberman's plan, okay. The non organic parts that was stupid. I really, really, really liked the whole lone Cyberman reject. Um, you know, trying to try trying to. It's like uh, making making the cyber race great again. He's he's that kind of that in that kind of inadequate. Who yep. is who? Who ha- has kind of been hijacked by some right-wing ideology that he is pursuing relentlessly? And the fact that he was so emotional, despite the fact that the kind of cyber ideal is this emotionless efficiency, worked really well for me. And I was looking with anticipation to see where that was actually going to lead and how those aspects of his personality would either help him in his quest to resurrect the Cyberman or would lead to ultimately lead to the the kind of renewed uh, cyber army's downfall but of course we didn't get any of that because at some point in the story Chibnall just decided oh right we're done with him and tissue compression eliminated him yeah yeah it was it was kind of interesting um the the notion that a fanatic would be the one that revived the Cybermen. Yeah. It's not the first time we have seen a fanatic who wants to lead an army of whatever. No, but it it, it it's it's an interesting. It's take, more interesting given than that he's he's this emotional Cyberman, and and of course he's gonna he's gonna wipe out all of their robotic parts, or he's going to wipe out all their organic parts by first making them all into robots so they're not even Cybermen anymore. And then after he's done all that, and after he's wiped out all life in the universe, then he's going to, uh, you know, carry on to his great reward or, or or whatever it is. And did you notice at one point the Siberian will destroy all organic life in the universe, but later in the episode, the Siberian will destroy all organic life on this planet? Yeah, you, you mean the death particle. Yeah, the death particle, I'm sorry. Yeah, the yes. Cyberium's death particle. It, that, it, it seriously downgraded from earlier in the show to when they needed it to just wipe out Gallifrey. Yeah. But I, oh, I, and I, I want to... The death particle thing is another rubbish. Not, so I, I'm, I'm not defending every aspect of the Lone Cyberman's plan. I just like... I liked something about the Lone Cyberman <clears> story, <throat> and therefore it was another disappointment that it just sort of petered out. Yeah. Okay, I, I do want to say I've forgotten my list of litany of plans that are stupid in this episode. The humans plan to take the Siberium and send it back in time to get rid yeah. of it is a stupid plan. Yeah, you mentioned plan that that was you... stupid. And I was expecting yes. that to be explained, and they didn't really explain it other than saying they yeah. didn't send it far enough back. We sent it far enough back, and we sent it to Earth. I mean, what a great place to send something that does cyber conversion stuff is the place where humans but are I wanted handy. To, I wanted to understand what the cyber, Siberium's plan was and how it differed from 
what the lone Cyberman's plan was because it seemed to me that in yeah. the haunting of Villa Diodati, the Siberian wasn't actually on the same page as the Cyberman. There was there was a kind of a resistance there, and it's as if it had that its was own why mind. Siberian chose the Doctor exactly. So that so there was a kind of, and I don't know what it was whether that was a schism because the the Siberian believed in a kind of uh, pure cyber race or whatever or or something and the, the lone pure cyber, cyber race of converts yeah or, or vice versa whether the you know the lone cyberman who would actually be rejected by a, a pure cyber race um still believed in the pure cyber race where this the siberian was more pragmatic because it was more interested in universal domination and less in the you know the specifics of how how you are when you achieve that so again there was something there was something there that that piqued got my fumbled. interest but which never got really landed yeah yep. but yeah well, i would have go- just sent it forward into the far future in the middle of a sun well unless unless you were sending it back because you wanted it to pursue its version of future history because its version of future history was easier to defeat or what i mean i don't know the there are endless possibilities in I, I would I would have liked to see a little bit more of this resistance group and what they were doing and what they were thinking and how they had been fighting Cybermen and ideally how Captain Jack was helping them because I would have liked him back. And it seems like a Jack kind of thing to be doing, to be, you know, he is he is this immortal, fearless, um and somewhat cocky super duper chap who is going to help out the the underdog yeah so it, it's it's it, it it's it's right up it i can imagine him being with this small small group of ragtag resistance fighters in this kind of post cyber war um humanity laid waste era but <sighs> again opportunity yeah. missed and 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 we won the cyber wars right well i, I mean, think you would I think you would call it according a to history. We, we won those, right? Because we wiped out. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't ulti- tell how many humans are wiped out? Are those supposed to be the only seven humans left in existence, or are those no, no, no? Be... And they they clearly weren't. They clearly weren't. Well, I hope I hope not. But then, if you defeated that huge fleet of Cybermen and you left behind a carrier with thousands of Cybermen on it, you have not defeated the Cybermen. <laughs> no, but if if there is no way of those Cybermen being wakened then you don't know that you haven't defeated the cybermen and and yeah history could record one version of events but if if you were wanting to change history and you knew that all you had to do was trigger that cyber ship to be awakened then there's your means for doing it again you know potentially interesting story and and you know partly what happened in it i thought the ascension of the cybermen because it was the the lone cybermen Lone Cyberman reawakening that ship. But okay. hey, last last thing I'm, I'm going to just pick on before I but I actually say thing that I thought were interesting. Okay. Um, uh, the last thing is I it, want is to it pick a plan? On, is it a plan? Because I've still got one of your plans here. Oh really? No, it isn't a plan. Do you want to throw the plan in first? Well, the other the other plan was the division. The, oh yes. The well, that's the, the Gallifreyan's plan. Yeah. 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 Well, or I know I wasn't saying it was your personal plan i meant it was one of the plans you just enumerated um because you didn't like them so i would just like to say i really didn't like this either because i couldn't 
for the life of me, see what the point of it was. In fact, it was doubly disappointing. So one thing is you've got this story about the timeless children and it gives you the regeneration origin and it gives you the idea that the doctor is an orphan from a mysterious dimension, both of which are ideas that, you know, I'm okay with. I'm not wild about them, but they're fine. They're quite interesting and takes the show in an interesting new direction. Cramming in this whole extra stuff about the doctor working for a CIA precursor isn't an obvious parallel to that. It doesn't, well, I or possibly subdivision. Maybe it is a division of the CIA. I don't know. But regardless, I can't see why that whole idea is necessary other than to explain a continuity error that occurred in the show 44 years ago which no one literally no one cares about i obviously some people care about it because we talk, we just mentioned doctor who fans <laughs> if you pick something then someone will care about it but okay hold on so 44 years ago brain, of Morbius. brain 1976 of Morbius. wasn't it yes okay yeah it sounds about right the other the other reason the division stuff annoyed what me is the is continuity because... error <laughs> oh it's the the Morbius Doctors. Oh, 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 okay. Right, 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 right. Okay. Who who we can now, we have a license to assume they were working for the Division. Although, to be honest, if you, if you watch the sequence in which the Doctor defeats the Matrix, there's nothing in there that's actually contrary to the idea that all of this is a lie, because it's all stuff from her existing history. You know, when you see the footage from Brain of Morbius, it is actually the footage from Brain of Morbius. Brain of Morbius, yeah. Which is an adventure that she remembers. So it's just something from her actual existing memory. And when you see the footage of the Timeless Children, it is just the stuff that she's been experiencing in the Matrix a minute ago. So yeah. it is also stuff from her actual memory. So none of it is none of it is proof that there is anything before Hartnell. But anyway... That that aside, the division as a concept seemed to me completely unnecessary, overcomplicated, and entirely pointless, and especially annoying because I got quite intrigued by the whole Brendan stuff in Ascension of the Cybermen. I thought it was quite. <laughs> I thought it was quite. It was a bit. It was a bit like up this kind of fast-moving story of his life. I thought it was very effectively done, and I found the the mystery of why. Uh, he, you know, he he had aged, but the others hadn't. I found that, and then they did, quite intriguing. and then they they hadn't aged. It, well, yeah, exactly. They they yeah they hadn't aged, and why why he he didn't die, and he came back to life in exactly the same way that Captain Jack always comes back to life, which yeah. seemed to me couldn't be a coincidence. I found that quite intriguing, and so the so I liked the way all that was set up because I like setups. But I was hoping for some kind of resolution that went beyond, actually, this has nothing to do with Ireland. It's just <laughs> that, and I, this is a bit that loses me, uh, loses me somewhat, that uh, was it, who was it who, who hid these memories in the Matrix? Was it Tech Twen? Yes, according to okay, the Okay, so some, some Shibogan had decided that the way to hide it in the Matrix was to make it about, this, Somebody else, instead of erasing it. it yeah. Is, well, yeah, but this this twentieth this twentieth century Earth story, because obviously all Gallif all Gallifreyans know about Earth 
in much the same. <laughs> and the connection must be because anyone anyone who you mentioned Gallifrey too, who's not a Doctor Who fan, assumes you're talking about somewhere in Ireland. <laughs> well, Gallifrey is Ireland. Yeah, I suppose maybe that's what the metaphor is supposed to be. Maybe I have because no the idea. doctor. Because the doctor has had people, when he says Gallifrey, they go, in Ireland, and, and he goes, yeah, 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 or something like that. So maybe that's but how the-, the perception filter that was, f- yeah, I know, it doesn't make any sense for somebody who have done this century, millions of years prior to, um, uh, and if we go back to Trial of the Time Lord, somebody could probably tell us how long the Time Lords have been a civilization, which, if this is true, then the Doctor has been the Doctor through that. And I can't remember how long it was, but it was a very long time. Oh, can I, can I, pick, can I pick on another thing that annoys me about the division? Yeah. <laughs> That's what if, we're here for. If Joe, Martin is, if Joe Martin is indeed from that era, why is she called the Doctor? Because just because the Doctor is the... the, doc, the the Doctor isn't the Doctor's name, right? I mean, right. unless I guess we're completely overwriting the Moffat area, which Chibnall does seem somewhat keen to do. But it's like, why why would the Doctor be called the Doctor? I thought the Doctor was a nickname that came from when the Doctor was in the Academy, which was the period when the Doctor was young William Hartnell with the Master and Baruza. Because and Chibnall area. didn't think this out very far, that's why. Hmm. I, I, I mean... I, no, I think it's, it's absolutely, it's got to be a continuity, or a continuity, because it's not continuity, it's a retcon failure. Um, it but just, he's not, it's, he's not just retconning it. I mean, part, so the, the kind of, the point with a capital P of this whole having the division in there, as far as I could tell, was that it gave the Doctor a slightly unsavoury past that she could be uncomfortable with momentarily before she decides, oh, it's not who you were it's who you are now in the moment and okay there's our lesson for today this is what this story is all about except hang on a moment in order to do this they seem to have had to use amnesia to or it's not memory wiping whatever however whatever is the appropriate time i'm not a psychologist here but i want to point up that i think this is more complicated than it's given credit for because if your memory gets wiped, it can be wiped in a number of ways, right? I mean, if you've forgotten something, that could be, I've forgotten what the capital of Belarus is, which actually I have. Um, or is, is it Minsk? Anyway. Um, I, I'm going to just go out on a limb in here and say I have no idea what the capital of Belarus is ever. So I haven't forgotten Okay, it. so you haven't even forgotten it. But <laughs> if you knew what it was, you could forget it. And that probably... You know, if you had, and if you had some kind of memory wiping thing, it could do things like wiping out little bits of memory, a bit like a, a retcon pill slipped into your drink would do for the past twenty four, forty eight hours, or whatever it is. I forget. <laughs> um, so you've got something like that. But then, I mean, there, there are there are other instances where people forget, like if you have severe brain damage as a result of an illness or an accident or whatever, you could forget how to use a knife and fork. You could forget how to speak English. The doctor forgets who he has been before he is William Hartnell. This is this seems to be what we are told. But it but it's not just forgetting those kind of identity parts. It's also forgetting a load of 
Like the Doctor has been a traveller in time and space, piloting a TARDIS, and all sorts of knowledge goes along with that. Presumably, the Doctor has been through the Gallifreyan education system. So he's going back to the academy and relearning a bunch of stuff that he knew before. So presumably that has all been wiped. But why? I mean... Because it's a bad plan. (laughs) It's a a Dalek-level stupid plan. That's why. Yeah, it's it does just, seem like we need is. a bit more information about what exactly is being wiped here, because you, when it's something like this, it, it's not as simple as just saying, oh, yeah, the doctors had their memory wiped, because memory isn't singular like that. It's much it's much more of a, a complex thing. And if and if it was a, if it was a question of, you know, basically being completely wiped, everything, everything you ever knew, everything you ever remembered, but also all of your kind of you know right down to your motor memory and things because the whole point of this is the point that Chibnall is trying to make is about identity raises from a philosophical perspective are you even the same person if all of those memories have gone because you've regenerated as well it's like you're physiologically different and the the way in which the doctor's identity has been preserved through regenerations is through memory yep yeah no not not well thought through by the way, 10 million years. Of Gallifrey. Gallifrey. 10 million ten years ten of million absolute years, power. That? That's what it takes to be absolutely corrupt. At least if I can believe the internet. Um, from that line from Trial of a Time Lord. So, the timeless child's really, really old. Really old. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go with that, but I, honestly, I don't care. This is This yeah. is such a thing that I just don't care about. Um, it doesn't matter. Why it, does it, it matter? It, yeah, I mean, unless next season we're going to have 10 episodes where the Doctor meets a totally different incarnation. Oh, of course, that's exactly what this is. Oh, of course. Next year, each episode, the Doctor will meet a past unknown incarnation of themselves so that they can get the Asian Doctor and they can get the <laughs> the the... Doctor of Color. Well, we've already got the Doctor of Color. Uh, you know, they can go through all of those cycles so that we can say, look, anyone can be the Doctor. So he's going to hit his quota of all minorities and all uh, or ethnic groups. His minorities is only correct in terms of where you live. But yeah, yeah, that's what it I, is. I, this I, is, I, this I is a... have no problem. I have no problem with Jim increasing representation in this. I actually really think by this way <laughs> it would be it would be quite interesting if the reason for this was to have meeting a different past incarnation of the doctor in every episode it w- it's like it's almost like the sort of the doctor who unbound um series that big finish did where what what you saw was a was a different a different version of what the doctor might have been if different choices had been made in the way the television show was made. And in a sense, what Chibnall has done with this quite deliberately is to say, let's embrace everything. Anything goes. The Doctor is essentially infinite in who she can be. And so if his reason for doing that was to open out and explore these different possibilities as stories within themselves, well, I found a number of those unbound stories actually 
really quite interesting stories, despite their being a bit nerdy in their pretext. So mm. there's potential for that, but I don't think that there is anything as daring as that being proposed. I think actually this whole thing is much more conservative. The 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 two aspects, uh, the one thing I wanted to say, that the one other thing I wanted to pick on was the ending. Um, you ended on a cliffhanger. Has to be the lamest cliffhanger ever because not only do they put her in something that reminds me of Storm Cage, which we know can't hold River Song. I mean, you, did anyone watching this show think, well, that's anything more than a minor inconvenience? Trap that. And then no, no, but... if, if you don't make it bad enough by doing that, which just gives the appearance of this is not a prison that the doctor is going to have any trouble getting out of, you put up the name Revolution of the Daleks coming in the next episode. You go, so it's got nothing to do with this prison anyway. So, well, we don't you know. know we don't just... know that. Surely, surely the fact that it's, it has to you be. You know that Jadoon has... aren't working for the Daleks. You know that you aren't working for the Daleks, but you don't know why. You don't know why the Doctor was a fugitive, and it has to be a sequel to that. And I'm assuming that there may be some. Oh, maybe I'm just hoping maybe something between Joe Martin and the Daleks, or I don't he know. I mean, obviously, I would prefer it if it didn't have. <laughs> no, I think it's already been filmed. I. I I would be happy if it didn't have the Daleks in it. I don't really understand why. No, it's probably BBC Marketing who have said, no, you must put Daleks back in um, because people will tune in to watch it if they know the Daleks are in it. And when you did Revolution, uh, sorry, Resolution, God, this is even worse than, um, the, what were the 80s ones called? Uh, Revelation. Revelation. And remembrance, and yeah, revelation and remembrance. remembrance. Whereas resolution and revolution, they're literally just one letter changed. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess we've gone back to having to have the Daleks in the title to make sure people tune in. <laughs> so the only, uh, no, maybe not the only. You good did thing, you did mention th- River Song. I did. And it did just remind me of something, which is why is it that River Song can regenerate? Um, darn good question. Because, because she's a TARDIS baby. That's why she's got a time head or whatever it is that Matt Smith yes. talks about. And therefore, the the implication of that is that regeneration is a product of being in the vortex or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not having your genes spliced from a baby that you just found who's fallen from in another dimension. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, but that's Moffat era and we're erasing that as best we possibly can. Oh, okay. I guess the only thing that I'm going to say in benefit to this plan is I don't think it's a good plan. I don't think the the timeless child is the timeless child. The whole the give the doctor more mystery. Yeah, the Chibnall master plan. Uh, it's like it does not deserve the word master. <laughs> Although it is it is so a it master, master in it. It is a master plan in it, but it is not a master plan. Um, it it a is master, uh, master plan. yeah it. The only thing I say going for it is that unless you are correct and that the Joe Martin doctor is after Hartnell, it at least doesn't screw up the actual known canon of the show. No. It, it is it is worded in such a way 
that but i think i think there were two reasons like yes everything everything you knew about gallifrey and growing up and and um, apart from the fact that you're genetically identical to them um and and all that stuff at least that's all still there that wasn't wiped out in a, oh you've just forgotten that we planted false memories or something in there they're just trying to go this is just yet another cycle so you regenerate and then eventually you get put back to baby form and then you start again for some illogical reason but that's where it starts falling apart but at least they didn't screw up the hartnell to whitaker but you can't you can't screw up the show's canon for two reasons of course you can one one (laughs) one is the show is already full of contradictions so really adding more contradictions isn't going to change much and two is you can't you can't you know you can't change the show as it's gone before. I mean, you can't wipe that out unless you literally are the department in charge of wiping out the BBC's videotapes, in which case, yes, you can wipe it out because they did that, didn't they? But yeah, mm. apart from that. Uh, that's what it had That's what it had going for it, was if he was going to take a hatch to it, at least he he picked one that didn't. What he would have to do... Wasn't the worst possible thing. He would, he would thing have to literally have track down every, every recorded copy of the Moffat era show and destroy it and and even then he would miss some of the soundtracks and we'd end up with animations of the Moffat era day of the doctor animated version recreated <laughs> yeah <laughs> time of the t- uh, not t- not time uh, twice upon a time animated but see that see here's the, here's the here's the thing with um twice upon a time that's that's where that's where Moffat was trying to do this kind of thing he was inserting into the 10th planet an additional bit of backstory that's supposed to change the way in which you view the 10th planet which i pretty much didn't really like and chibnall's just doing that on a slightly bigger scale but it's fine i can still watch the 10th planet without thinking of twice upon a time yeah and i don't even really get that he inserted anything meaningful in in twice upon a time i mean so the doctor walked to the tardis and he had a little adventure along the way okay but not even a good one (laughs) well that but that is the that when it comes down to it that that to me is the problem which is it wasn't twice upon a time was not a good episode the timeless children was not a good episode and if it had been a good episode any number of contradictions of canon or whatever i would have just forgotten with them and i've given them a nod because i'd have enjoyed the episode and that's it's it's like that i i i dug it out and stuck it in the comments on the fusion patrol website under the haunting of villa diodati which is a piece from an interview that tom baker gave to doc 2 magazine in the 1980s saying yes we didn't we didn't think about the show's continuity he didn't care what john pert we had done um Graham Williams wasn't, you know, thinking about what the what had been previously established in the show. The thing that guided them was that whatever Doctor Who they were making, they wanted to make it the best one yet. You can argue that they didn't always do that, but that was what they were looking for, not trying to fit it in with the the way the show's continuity had gone in the past. And the haunting of Villa Diodati is an excellent example of that because we're saying, well, yeah, it doesn't fit. It, it's really, really difficult to make it fit with what is established in Mary's story from the Company of Friends. But does anyone really care about that? Because it's a damn good episode, and that's what matters. Well, but at what point do you say, well, we don't do that now? Next year? 
So do they go back to that night again next year, next season, and tell a completely different story about Mary Shelley? If it's a good one, yeah, I'm up for it. See, I don't think that flies. I mean, at some point, you have reached the point of, why bother? I mean, you just told well, because this it's story. a good story. You just told us this is what happened, and now you're telling. Yeah, but us- there's timey wimey. You, if if people care about it, they can pick up on the. You know, we had the lone Cyberman changing history. We had the. Uh, I can't even remember but what it was is- called in Mary's story, but there was some kind of. Why make problems for yourself? Why not tell a good well, story no, somewhere else? They could have told a good story anywhere else. They don't have to go back. And, you know, when you go back over established continuity, you are making a continuity error. They have they have people whose jobs are supposed to prevent continuity errors. And I don't think I don't think that they came up with a different story for the destruction of Atlantis because they just said, eh. And perhaps in the 70s, because, well, we've wiped them all and nobody cares. But but you just you just don't do that. And the fact that Tom Baker says it, well, so what? He's an actor. <laughs> He's an, yeah, he's sure. an actor. I'm not, I'm not, his job I'm not... is to bring whatever you put in front of him to life and does it well. But somebody's job is to not, if you're telling this story, to keep it at least semi-sensical. And... and this this is all this is all just nonsense instead of just going out and telling new stories that's all they need to do they do not need to go back and and redo old stories or tell you a new way just go make new stories you've got an entire universe in all of time and space to go yes. to you do not need to keep going back to the same thing because you thought you had a better idea than the last guy that did no no but don't but there's a difference between going back to the going back to the previous thing because you think you've got a better idea than the guy before or just telling telling the best story you can and it and if it turns out that as that idea is forming it it there's some continuity correction or well fine you know don't don't worry about that stuff because that's not the important stuff. What is important, and I entirely agree with you here, is just you know move the move the thing forward, move the show forward. Can the Doctor die now? I I don't think there's ever been a you know regeneration has never been. It will always happen, has it? Well, but that's because that's the way it is with Time Lords. But the Doctor isn't. The Doctor is the timeless yeah, but it's, child. It's the, it's, the, it's the same. It's the same thing you know time lords have just got the regeneration from well i don't know <laughs> like i mean this is just another another question along the along but the it's chain not an important here. question it doesn't matter no one's going to care about that question because anyone watching it is going to know well actually the doctor can't die the doctor can't die because if the doctor died that would be the end of the show and the show will never end it changes it changes how a character would act. So I'm not talking about from the, the audience standpoint. I'm talking about from the internal standpoint. Captain Jack behaves differently than a, a regular human being because Captain Jack knows that he's immortal. Captain Jack believes he's immortal. He's got ample evidence that says it's basically true, but at some point, well, it's that's why it's you know if, if you're the person that, but, that but the if thing you're that the person that can run into the not whether it's true or not, it's whether he believes it's he true. He believes it's true. If he didn't true. know that's he was right. immortal. He wouldn't behave in that way. 
Yes, my point being is that the doctor has, until this point, believed that, you know, 12 regenerations were the limit, and then they got this other thing where the Time Lords gave them a few more, uh, but we don't know how many more. So the doctor always should could walk out of this going, yeah, who knows? My next one should be my last. Maybe I shouldn't charge across the field towards the bullets just in case. Um, unless that is a sacrifice of death. It no, was always, she it was didn't. Always but the, the case point that is, she didn't want to die and regenerate because there's it, a difference between means, I don't want to die and regenerate and I don't want to die, die, dead, done. This is it. I'm over. I mean, Matt Smith showed us that because at the end he went into his sort of melancholy uh, over. You know, this is it. I'm the end. I'm the done. And yeah, I if, didn't like that the, much. So, the doctor... so if, the, if, the, if that if that's the option of saying actually, yeah, you can have an infinite number of regenerations, then I'm up for that. And does that mean that these regenerations are in any way different and or more powerful? Because if the doctor has gone through ten million years of this, then surely they haven't had one where somebody chopped his head off. Like, you know, or something. I mean, something well, we beyond don't know, We don't know whether that inhibits regeneration. The only, the only time I'm aware of there being anything that inhibits regeneration is some kind of Time Lord doohickey that says, oh, the phaser is regeneration inhibitor. Regeneration inhibiting mode or something. I mean, it's... it's Would that work on the Doctor? It really, really doesn't matter because it's dealt with on a story-by-story basis if regeneration is going to cause an issue with the plot. Do you have anything good to report on these stories well i've i've reported on ascension of the cybermen so that was good um we've i don't we've think given basically zero today. time on the companions oh the companions um, yes absolutely I did have not a word about, about them <laughs> because because we've talked about the companions throughout the series and how their underuse was going to need to lead to some sort of some sort of comeuppance I guess, or the way in which the Doctor was treating them as pets was going to lead to some comeuppance. i tell you what I think about the companions in this episode. Like the Cybermen, they shouldn't have been in it because mm-hmm. they had nothing to do. This was a doc. I mean, even the Doctor really shouldn't have been in this episode because she doesn't do anything herself. It's just, it seems to me a really bad way, again, structural problem, bad way to structure the episode where the Doctor is literally incapacitated for 45 minutes. But... <laughs> the the companions are actually in a worse position because they they have nothing to do there's the there's the scene where graham goes on about how brilliant yaz is where you think right yaz is literally about to peg it in the next five minutes but that doesn't happen either i i i can't understand and ryan's learned not to use guns why why wouldn't it have been better to write the companions out at least for this episode yeah they could have done that there are t- there are two things I would have wanted. There are two things I would have wanted from this this series, um, in ter- you know, in overall terms, regardless of whether the fact that there were some good episodes as well as some real clunkers, and it and it and it's this that either the companions was more was made of them or they were written out. I think in a way you could have you could have done but because you could have had entire episodes where you just said actually this is a doctor a doctor solo episode. Because there really isn't anything for the 
companions to do so, why write them in? We've established the fact that the Doctor sometimes goes off travelling on her own. Make this one of those episodes. And there are a number of episodes where, you, where you, could just, you look at the episode and you go, well, this would have been better if it had been the Doctor on her own, plus, you know, whatever incidental characters have been written in for this story alone. And then there are other, there, are, there, there could have been other episodes where the companions were the focus of the episode. It didn't have to be all about the Doctor. We actually focus in on the companion and part of their story and move move their character on and we didn't get any of that throughout this series at all i just for for those people who are saying oh my goodness me how much better this season has been compared to the last whitaker season i don't understand it because last season we got real development for the companions and there was a there was a kind of there was a proper arc to their stories i i i, I feel like if I'm summarizing um, from our discussions of last season and this season, that you thought last season was a lot better. Uh, I, I did. I would agree with you uh, with regards to character development for the companions. Okay. And and because it was was new, it was not original, (laughs) but I did not think it was very good. Uh, I personally don't think that. No, I don't think it's better or worth. No. Or this, it was the same. Okay. They're pretty much the same. That's but interesting. To I see a lot of people saying they think this season better. I have seen that, and I was assuming anyone Lots would say this season is worse, regardless of whether they liked the previous season or not. It's like what all the things that made the previous season particularly interesting or exciting for me were to do with the fact that we had an, a, an, a new take on the Doctor, a new actor playing the Doctor, combined with a new set of characters who were her companions. And then we had a whole series of stories that didn't rely on any of the show's continuity whatsoever. So there were no recurring monsters or anything like that. All of the stories were new and original, and we got to take it to some interesting places, including you know, the partition of India. We got to meet Rosa Parks. We got, you know, witch trials. We got all of this kind of stuff. And I enjoyed all of that because it was new. And then suddenly it's like, oh, we're going, we're going to have Daleks, we're going to have Cybermen, we're going to have Jadoon, we're going to have Gallifrey, we're going to have the Master, we're going to have the Time Lords, we're going to have every little piece of the show's canon is going to be picked over for some kind of spurious story reason. And it really has bogged it down. And that's exactly the reason I think that RTD was very careful about it in the first place, and it is the reason I had assumed that Chibnall steered clear of it in the previous season. And it makes no sense to me that he suddenly reversed that. Uh, I'm trying to put on balance. I cannot remember any particularly good episodes last season. I can't remember any particularly good episodes this season. Maybe I'll I'll go on a limb and say, yes, this one's a little bit worse, because it did have a little bit more of having boards smacked up the backside of my head which i don't like so yeah all right this one's worse but i don't didn't think the other one was good so i I would not put i would not rate last year as a good year no but then you wouldn't rate season 26 as a good year which one's season 26 the 1989 season said sylvester mccoy uh no probably not a great year no I might have I might have rated it better than last year or this year. Oh, that's interesting because yeah, I know you rate it quite low. I, Whereas I actually think, and it, the Blu-ray of it has just come out, and so I 
kind of been diving back into it, but it is it's one of those seasons that I do. Uh, here's really a thought experiment. You know, you you asked the question about somebody who had just started watching with Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who. I think there's another question. If Doctor Who had just started with Jodie Whittaker, this show wouldn't have made it to a second season. I think that's and it would not be. I, it would be gone. <laughs> it would. It would. I not think that's what I mean. I, we we yeah. There's no way of proving that, but right. That my my gut reaction to that is, I I thought last year there was a, a huge amount of critical acclaim for it. But all that critical acclaim was coming about from people who are contrasting it to the old. If if you had never heard of the concept of Doctor Who, you had never had any of that, and you just came at this show, it just wasn't that interesting. Well, that's not and, true of me. I mean, I I I loved the previous season mostly. Um, well, yeah, actually, really quite, yeah. So it it went it went for me, from being a great season to another great season, just in a very, very different way. Whereas this has gone to being not different enough, I guess. Um, but the things that are different are markedly worse. Hmm. Well, obviously, this is going to be a long one, but that's only fair because it was a long episode of Dark 2. And I don't know about you, I was checking my phone at a couple points along the way. <laughs> When I, I didn't check my it. phone, but I did. I did. I did watch it. Unusually, I watched it with my dad, who I wasn't particularly ex- expecting to like it anyway. But and he loved it. He <laughs> no. Um, okay. He said. He said. I. He said. How long was that? And I said an hour and five minutes. And he said, "Was that all? Was Was I, it only I, an I hour just, and five? I thought it was an hour and I 15. don't understand why. I know it was an hour and five. I think. He said I don't understand why anyone would. But there you go. You're like him. You thought it was longer. I don't understand why anyone would watch this show. Why Why wouldn't they read Flaubert instead? But there you <laughs> go. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. But I am happy and relieved that there is no more Doctor Who until later in the year. <laughs> we, can, we can go back to fun stuff. Like, I, I really feel watch. bad about feeling that way. Watch. I, I, I genuinely feel bad about feeling that way. But it's like... I, I'm looking forward to the gap between the episodes better than I am more episodes. At, I, at I, yeah, I, I think on, ba- on balance, this season doesn't feel like it's delivered a whole lot of fun for me. There are episodes I will enjoy rewatching. I'm always glad of new Doctor Who, but the reality is we're, we're actually in a sort of golden age of this stuff because there's so much Doctor Who being produced. If you, if you listen to the audios as I do, mm-hmm. that there's, plenty of it to tickle your fancy whatever it is that does tickle your fancy so um it i yes i won't i won't be missing it in the gap certainly not in the way that i felt i missed it after the previous season because it was so distinctive and there was nothing else like it well we don't do this very often but i can tell you what next week's episode of fusion patrol will be Ooh, ooh. what's it gonna be we're going to be looking at the BBC 2019 or early 2020, 2019, I think. War of the Worlds. Oh, yes. Well, Before we get back no, to our regular stuff. so No spoilers about what we thought of that. <laughs> no, we're, trying to, we're trying to keep it upbeat. And, uh, <laughs> Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time for War of the Worlds on Fusion Patrol. 
You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.